0: Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead
1: works and of faith toward God. This is the Essential Bible Study Podcast. My name is Tim Young. And I'm Brian Alexander. Well, Brian, glad to have you here at the podcast. Brian and I have a bit of history together. We both presented together at the Learn to Read the Bible seminar. And I look back on that time, Brian, as a really good time. We had a lot of good fun.
0: Yeah, it's always really good to go back to the basics and see a new group of people starting to understand God's Word.
1: Yeah, so we had some chemistry back then, and and that's why I wanted to have you on the, the podcast here to talk about really our first very important subject, our first essential Bible study, which is repentance. And from that verse that was read at the very beginning of the show, Hebrews 6, verse 1, is the reason why we're starting off with this. Now, if you've been listening in, our very first podcast looked at Hebrews chapter 6 as an example list of important subjects, essential studies that we want to do. And the very first one in the list was repentance from dead works, this made me kind of dig into this subject again, looking at it. I've looked at it in the past, but I'll tell you like, looking at it even deeper just solidifies how important this is for our life and for our preaching. I'm realizing that in my life, I need to have more repentance. And in my preaching to other people, I need to emphasize repentance.
0: It talks about it as a foundation. Right. And the foundation is the first part of the house that you lay, right. and it never goes away from the house. Right. So it has to be something that's part of your life in the truth.
1: Right, exactly. So this is a word study, repentance. So we're going to take from our other podcasts, we talk about concordances. So we're going to pick it up here with some basically just looking at this word, repentance, what does it mean i think in the english we have this sense of having regret or being sorry for something that we've done wrong right yeah you would agree in the old testament in the hebrew and in in the greek there is a deeper sense to this word repentance the first old testament word. What is what is that one we're going to be looking at?
0: Yeah, there's often, whenever you're looking at a word study, there's often more than one word in the Hebrew or the Greek in the original text that may relate to a single word in English. So we'll be looking at a few different words from the original text. And the first one we're going to be looking at is Strong's Hebrew number 5162.
1: Now, I've, I've been using the, the Blue Letter Bible website. Have you ever used that? Line? I have not, actually. I, I've been using it more and more because it really helps with word studies. It, it has the Strong's definitions and a couple others mm-hmm. and breaks down the words. And another nice thing is that if you're interested in the pronunciation of the words, there's a little button you can click on and there's a guy who actually pronounces it for you. Uh, it makes so, it easier. It makes it easier. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that now. Just listen to this. Strong's age, 5162. Naham Naham. Okay, so... (laughs) Good pronunciation. I love it that he has like a southern (laughs) accent and then he goes into the Hebrew words, Naham. And um, so, what what would be like a good key verse to get the sense of this word?
0: That word, it it really does mean to be sorry, but it also has the idea of to relent. And a good verse to look at that particular word is in the prophecy of Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 6. And in that verse, we read, I have paid attention and listened. This is God speaking through the prophet. But they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, what have I done? And that word relents is the word that we're talking about, Naham It continues on. It says, everyone turns to his own course like a horse plunging headlong into battle. <laughs>
1: That's a great
0: picture. <laughs> you, you think about that, in, in some cases that can be a good trait, but in this case where it's plunging headlong into our own thinking, into our own desires, and not, as it says, relenting of the evil that we're doing, it's obviously not a very good picture that it's painting here.
1: Yeah. So part of repenting or relenting, the ESV says there is actually just questioning your actions. What have I done? And God says, that's a real problem if you're not doing that in your life. Yeah. So just, and people are like that, you know, we're like that. We just kind of just go by our own thinking. We rush headlong like a horse into battle without ever thinking about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing is it uses this word sometimes about God, God relenting or God changing. And if we think about it just from a human point of view, we think we did something by accident, we made a mistake, and so that's why we're sorry about something. God isn't that kind of a person. He's not a man that would make mistakes, but he can change his mind based on how we respond to him.
1: Right, exactly. So the other word that we see in the Hebrew that really kind of blossomed this whole study for me is the Hebrew, uh, it's Strong's number 7725 and i'll i'll let our southern drawl speaker say this one again <laughs> strong's h 7725 shuv shuv oh, that's great shuv <laughs> <laughs> so this word means to turn it literally has the idea of a direction behind it mm-hmm. and that to me is where i've i've heard the idea of repentance is to turn around yes uh kind of like 180 degree a u-turn in your direction of your life, and in the direction of your, your thinking. And so, a good example of this word from the, the Old Testament is Ezekiel chapter 18. Now, this, this whole chapter is, is worthy of reading because God uses this word numerous times throughout the chapter. But in conclusion, he says, I'm going to start, he, this is Ezekiel 18 verse 30. and live. So the word turn, every time I said the word turn there is this, this Hebrew word shuv. And actually in verse 30, the ESV says, repent and turn. It's actually doubled up there. That word repent and turn are the same word in the Hebrew. So there's kind of double emphasis on it. So it's important here. And Ezekiel shows us how important it is. It's a matter of life and death.
0: Right. And it requires a response from us. Yeah, And it's just like when Moses was speaking to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy, choose life. It's Mm. a choice that we have to make. God doesn't want us to die, but we have to turn, we have to repent, and then we can live.
1: Right. So this change in direction in, in our lives is not just in the way that the things that we do, because in verse 31 of this Ezekiel passage 18, verse chapter 18, God says, make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Just change the way you're thinking. It gets down to that very essential thing, right?
0: Right. Yeah, it talks about repenting, turning from our transgressions. Those are the the sins that we commit, the acts that we do. But if we don't change our heart and our spirit, then we're never really going to be able to make true change in our lives.
1: Right. Those are the two key Old Testament words. When we read, look out for the word repent, but also look out for the word turn or return. Mm-hmm.
0: So what do we find in the New Testament? So the the first one, if we're going to switch gears, is Strong's Greek number. There's actually two different ones. One's a noun, one's a verb. So we've got 3340 and 3341 in Greek.
1: So you want to hear that Greek word? Yes. Okay, here it is. Strong's G 3340. Metanaeo. Metanaeo. Okay. Excellent. I don't know if I can say that one too well. (laughs) Metanaeo. Ooh, wow. That was good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's always easier to repeat someone else. (laughs) (laughs) So a good verse that uses that particular word is in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 26 and verse 20. Okay. And here Paul is speaking to... King Agrippa, and if we just go back to verse 19 for context, Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance.
1: So that word repent... In the Greek, literally means to change your mind. Change of mind, exactly. Right. So it has it, the root words like meta meaning change and the Greek word for mind in there. So right, kind of goes back to what was said in that Ezekiel passage. It's a new heart. It's a new spirit. It's a new way of, of thinking. Exactly. Right. So the emphasis here is on the preaching of Paul was to repent and turn to God, which sounds very much like the Old Testament verse. Now that mentions repent and turn. Yes. So that word turn is actually our second word in the New Testament we want to keep track of. Yep. And uh, that, that word is uh, Greek number 1994. That was a good year for me because I was married in that year. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how you pronounce it. Strong's G, 1994, epistrefo epistrepho. epistrepho. Epistrepho, so that one literally means turning, just like that Hebrew word, shuv, means turning or to return, as it's translated here.
0: Right, so the same ideas in both the Old and the New Testament, the consistency.
1: Right, right. Well, we're getting a sense here of the importance of this word because Paul mentions it as kind of the key topic of his teaching. In fact, this is when I started looking at this. It really is the cornerstone of the gospel, the first place of the the preaching of the gospel. And made me realize, you know, how much we should be also emphasizing this. Because if you go to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2, the first person on the scene in the New Testament to preach is John the Baptist, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And what were the first words that he said? Of course, he's been in the wilderness, he comes out of the wilderness and he's preaching to the people. And the first thing he says is, repent.
0: Right. That's the first recorded words we have of John.
1: Isn't isn't that, that's got to be important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to be important. It's always good so, to
0: look at the first thing someone says in the Bible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So chap- uh, Matthew chapter three and verse two, John the Baptist comes and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this was the whole ministry of John the Baptist. This is what he was sent to do. And it's actually recorded for us in Luke chapter 1, in verse 16 and 17. So, the context here is before the birth of John the Baptist, an angel comes to John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, and and says uh, these words to him. What's going to be the mission or the purpose of this very special child that is to be born. So in Luke chapter 1 and verse 16, the angel says of John the Baptist, He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So here is John the Baptist's whole mission. What he had to do is go before Jesus and preach repentance, this turn. So that word turn there is our, our idea of repentance, to turn around. He is actually quoting here or using words here from Malachi. And in the Hebrew, this is that word shuv, that we've seen before. And it's interesting
0: that he is there, his mission is to prepare the people for the Lord, to prepare them for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's really no surprise that when the Lord Jesus Christ begins his preaching, he begins it in the exact same way. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, when Jesus now begins his ministry... It says that he proclaimed the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. It's the same message carried on from John.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, there's also another little key connection to our key verse there in Hebrews 6, verse 1, because the foundational principles was repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Mm-hmm. and. hmm if you look at this verse, Jesus Christ is preaching. He's saying, repent and believe in the gospel. Right. That word believe is the same idea. You have faith in the gospel. So Jesus Christ is is teaching these foundational principles that we have to repent and have faith. That's yeah. what the gospel is all about.
0: Yeah. And those two concepts, I think, really go hand in hand because we can't – it seems that we can't believe in the gospel truly – if we're not repenting and have that new spirit, that new heart, but we also can't repent if we don't believe. We have to have both of those
1: aspects. So that's to me what Jesus was was looking for. Was a change of heart in the people,
0: right? Right. And he brings this up again in Luke chapter 5 verse 32 where Christ is speaking to the Pharisees, which of course the Pharisees at this time they didn't think they needed any repentance. They didn't mm, see any right. need to change. And so Christ addresses them and he says, I have not come to call the righteous, meaning those who thought they were righteous. Yeah. But sinners, those who recognize they were sinners, to repentance. Right. That was his purpose. Oh, that's the that's the core
1: of Jesus Christ's ministry, isn't it? Exactly.
0: And of course then it doesn't end with Jesus, but he gives the same instructions to his apostles to continue his work. After he's gone. And if we look at Luke chapter 24, just before Christ's ascension to heaven, he addresses his apostles and says in Luke 24, verse 46, he says to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Mm. And Paul even picked up on that when we read in, in Acts 26 that he began at Jerusalem and he went throughout and through Judea and to the Gentiles. And he picked up this calling as well from oh. Jesus.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. From Acts 22, 26 verse 20. Right. Which, yeah. That's good.
0: And then of course, Peter would have been one of the ones to hear this instruction. So when we start getting into the acts of the apostles and see the, the work of Peter in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when he addresses all of the the Jews that had gathered in Jerusalem for Pentecost, they heard his preaching. So first mm-hmm. of all they they heard his message, and then they had a reaction to it. They realized they needed to do something and they said, "What shall we do?" And then in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Peter says to them, "Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins." And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's the message: repent, be baptized, and it's for the forgiveness of sins. And that's exactly what you read in Luke 24.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That's the first thing Peter says too, right? And the question is, what shall we do? Repent. That's, yeah. that's how important it is. Yeah. And uh, I think it's interesting too. They emphasize in, in that in verse 37, that when they heard the words, they were cut to the heart. So, it, it's a message, it's the gospel message that affects our heart that's supposed to move us. And that movement is towards repentance, changing our life and our way of thinking. Right. So, it, it's really interesting to me, like, it's kind of uh, like the new car effect. I don't know if you ever heard of that before, but like when you get a new car and you've never seen it on the road before, but you get a new car and all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere.
0: Okay. I've heard <laughs> of the new car smell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but to me, like, I, I you never sensed that before? Like, you're like yeah. oh, there, there's my car, there's my car, there's my car. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you start looking at a word in scripture, it just starts popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly realize the importance of the message, like it comes out again in acts chapter 3 in verse 19 let me just back up and i'll go from verse 18 this is peter again he says uh, what god foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that is christ would suffer he thus fulfilled repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out so he's he's using old testament language there mm-hmm but in the context of the gospel repent and turn back why that your sins may be blotted out or forgiven that's that's how important this this whole message is and right. really it's i mean it's really kind of impacted me as we've gone through this this study together Brian of of how important this is and how we need to be stressing this
0: and so often you you have those two aspects of a changing your mind and then a turning and you can think of first you change your mind and then it affects your actions in the way that you, you behave. Right.
1: Yeah, good point. So if we're going to be like the men in Acts and says, men and brethren, what shall we do? And he says, repent. There, There is a mindset that we need to have to be able to do this. And it's not an easy thing for us because we have these these minds that think on their own. They think after fleshly kind of thoughts we sin quite often. So I thought a good place to start here would be lamentations. Uh, this this was a book written by Jeremiah after the fall of Jerusalem. And so he's really searching in his heart of why they are suffering all of these kind of things. and it's in Lamentations chapter three in verse I'll start at verse thirty nine where Jeremiah says, why should a living man complain, a man about the punishment of his sins? Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. So it's that word return there is our idea of repentance. But Jeremiah is saying what we have to do is we have to test and examine our ways. And that's the hard part, isn't it? Because nobody Nobody likes to be uncomfortable or have to change. Yes, but that's what God is calling upon us to do: is to test and examine our ways. We we have to be questioning ourselves all the time about: Is this right? Is this what God expects of me?
0: And as humans, we're very good at justifying ourselves and, and oh, making yeah. excuses for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but as as He says, why why should a man complain? about the punishment of his sins. And Paul says in Romans that the wages of sin is death. Right. So we really shouldn't be surprised about this, but we need to be honest with ourselves.
1: Right, right. So honesty with ourselves is a key ingredient for repentance, questioning, testing ourselves.
0: Yeah, we also need humility. Mm. and And that's picked up in the prophet Hosea in chapter 7.
1: Yeah, what can get in the way of, of us repenting? Definitely pride. It's probably why God hates it so much. He says he hates pride. Right.
0: right? If we have a, an attitude of pride, then we don't think we have to answer to anyone. Mm. And that's the opposite when it comes to God. We read in Hosea chapter 7, verse 10, The pride of Israel testifies to his face, yet they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this.
1: So, there's that word return again.
0: Right. Repentance. And they're they're too proud to do it. They don't want to admit that they are in the the wrong, that they have fault. And so, they don't turn to God. And that's what God says he requires. He says, turn and live, but it requires us to turn.
1: Right, right. Yeah, Hosea says, nor do they seek him for all this. Getting back to that testing and and testing of our our ways. Exactly. Another
0: reference that I wanted to go to was in Daniel chapter 9. In verse 13, and this one picks up on the idea of, of ignorance and our approach to God, realizing that we are sinful creatures and we may not recognize things in our lives the way they truly are. Mm. And we read in Daniel chapter 9, verse 13, As it is written in the Law of Moses, All this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. That idea of, of gaining insight from your truth, we need to look at God's word, look at the truth that he's speaking to us and realize what really our nature is. And even in the law of Moses, which is referenced here, there were these sacrifices for sins of ignorance, things that we may not recognize in our lives, but they are there.
1: Oh, that's... That's a very important part, Brian. Yeah. Thanks. I just, I love that verse. I mean, it's just, it's a whole prayer of Daniel, right? That we might turn from our iniquities, repent, and that we might gain insight by your truth. So this should be part of our prayers too. This aspect that we probably have ways in our life that we're just not aware of, that we want God to reveal them to us. And, uh, I was, when you said that, I was thinking of Psalm 19. There is a passage there. and Psalm 19 is wonderful because it goes through the word of God and how it affects our hearts and how great the word of God is. But at the end of that, he says in Psalm 19, verse 11, "Mover by them, that is by the word of God and his commandments, is your servant warned. In keeping of them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Now, I have to think about that, you know. Who can discern his errors? We, we, we just can't do it on our own. We really need the word of God to enlighten our thinking, to, to tell us what is right and wrong, to discern between good and evil, and that we have these hidden faults. They're, they're hidden because we really don't know. We have an ignorance of the ways of God, but mm-hmm. he reveals it to us. Yeah. And that again is one of the hardest things is to kind of pray to God to say, help me see where I'm I'm wrong.
0: Right. It's really hard, almost really impossible for us to address things in our lives if we don't recognize them. Right. So we need God's help to help us recognize them. And Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, that the the heart of man is deceitful. Right. And we are easy at deceiving ourselves.
1: Right, right. Well, yeah, that's a key part. Those are the things that really stand in our way, the the inability to question ourselves, pride, uh, ignorance. But ignorance is no excuse, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look to the Word of God, let's let's go through a couple examples of things that we might need to repent from. I mean, this is not exhaustive at all. But um, one of the key ones to me is sexual immorality. And that might have perked up the ears of some. <laughs> when they heard that. but let's just turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, and he says, "I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you." And I may have to mourn over many of those who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. Now, I've run into this more than once in my life. I'll just give you an example. There was a young man who uh, approached me, and he says, well, my, my girlfriend's asked that uh, asked me to move in with her. And he says, would that be all right? And he says, well, I kind of cringed because the Bi- I told him, you know, the Bible says that when we sleep with somebody outside of marriage, that's, the King James calls it fornication. The mm-hmm. ESV lays it out very plainly saying it's sexually immoral. And it's kind of surprising, I think, to people in this day and age that God has... Guidance and rules about sexual practice. Yeah. That because it, it impinges on our thinking. It, it's, it's what we think about a lot <laughs> as guys, I guess. But uh, and it's just that changing of, of thought and mind that God is very interested in the way we think. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I found people are surprised at when you right. say that's in the Bible.
0: Yeah, I think that speaks to the direction our society in general has taken. The more and more people walk away from the Bible and don't read the teachings, then the behaviors and temptations that they have in their lives, they just start to accept those. Right. And they start to think that they should be tolerated and should be encouraged.
1: Right. Like you say, they don't question them because it's just accepted in society.
0: Right. Yeah. But Christ even goes further. We, we read in 2 Corinthians about those things that they had practiced.
1: Oh, that's a good point, yeah.
0: But Christ even talks about how it it really starts in our mind. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, this is part of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, verse 27, Christ says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with, with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So now it's no longer just keeping away from the actions, but if we allow ourselves and our minds to continue in a certain train of thought, Christ is saying that that's sin and that's something we need to be repented
1: from. Yeah, I think it's important there in that verse, the ESV says lustful intent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, have, we all have these temptations. Temptation is not sin, but it's the lustful intent the dwelling on these things, which right. can become sin in our very thinking. I think that's shocking to people when they first realize that uh, Christ is ask, asking us to repent. And that means changing our mind, just changing our whole way of, of thinking.
0: Yeah, right. exactly. In in John chapter 15, verse 14, Christ says we can be his friends if we follow his commandments. Right. And so we have to be looking at these things that he's saying, and we have to respond to them and follow them. And I think in society, there there's a general acceptance of the way people are, and there's the idea that God will accept you no matter what, and he will accept you if you turn and if you follow his commandments.
1: Right. Yes, we do have to change. So let me give you another example. So that was sexual immorality. Um, What about greed, covetousness, and selfishness? Well, that's another example of something that we have to repent from, and this one I got an example for us here from Malachi chapter three in verse seven. So in this passage, God is appealing to the children of Israel. And he says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me. So there's the idea of repentance. Return to me and I will return to you says the lord of hosts but you say how shall we we return so there's the question again what shall we do so they're they're asking how shall we re- return and god responds will man rob god yet you are robbing me but you say how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions so another thing if you if you look at that passage god is saying that the Israelites were, were greedy. They weren't giving of their best. They were holding back on their gifts towards God. It was all about themselves. It was a very selfish attitude. And so materialism mm-hmm. is one of these things that we have to turn from. We have to learn to be content in our lives with what we have. And uh, again, God is, is telling us not just to buy things, but to change our way of thinking of how we look at material things in this in this life
0: right self-indulgence is such a strong part of the world today that that can be a shock for some people as well right (laughs) and another term that we look at in this idea is the the term covetousness right the idea of greed and wanting more and and in some uses of that word it really means loving money or or loving silver. And that's where the Greek from that word often translated covetousness comes from. And there's several passages we can go to just thinking about this concept of what do we repent from. There are several passages that give a bit of a list of so-called works of the flesh or works of evil. Right. And one of these lists is actually just a a short one is in the book of Colossians chapter 3. And verse 5, and that there's a really good section yeah, here. Yeah, this is good, yeah. Uh, this is just one piece we're going to bring out. But in Colossians 3, verse 5, it says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, the first oh, one we talked about. There it about. is, yeah. Impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Right. Which is idolatry. Mm. And that's a bit of a shock. Idolatry, we think of just something that happened in the Old Testament hundreds, thousands of years ago, worshiping idols. But now we see covetousness is linked with idolatry because we're now worshiping money or worshiping materialism.
1: Right. Right. Oh, that's that's a perfect passage. You know, there's, it's also in verse 8 of that same chapter because he says, now... You must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's really talking about that that act of baptism again, where we change, which is an outward show of our inward repentance and how we're supposed to change our practices, our lives. But all those things he listed there are very internal to us, anger, wrath, malice, the thinking Yep. Of the mind. But we have to
0: put off that old self. And then he continues in verse 10, put on the new self. Right. So turning. And it says back in verse five, we have to put these things to death. Mm. So if we put it to death, that means we, we can't be doing it anymore. And that has to be a continual action in our lives.
1: Kind of goes back from where we started that this is all about life and death. Mm-hmm. This This is a matter of life and death. And so that's what's interesting when we go back to our very key verse from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says repentance from what? From dead dead works works or works of death. Right. We're repenting from things that cause death in that sense. We have to put them to death
0: in our lives or else they will cause us to be put to death in the end.
1: Right, exactly. In the context there, it's interesting because he's – He refers to dead works as, is it works of the law? Because the Jews relied on the works of the law of Moses to bring, they thought, life. But it would really be death to them because you're not saved by works. Right. Right. You're saved by grace through faith. What faith does, though, repentance, faith, it produces good works. Right. It it produces fruit in our lives. It's the after effect that shows really our repentance is, is true before God, because it changes our thinking and that changes our actions. Exactly.
0: And John the Baptist even spoke of this in in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. He said to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Right. The repentance needs to produce fruit or produce actions in our lives that show outwardly that this is going on in our mind. And James picks up on this in James 2.18, where he says that, I will show you my faith by my works. They have to be hand in hand.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, that's a good one. We've covered the, the subject, I think, to a very good extent. I mean, this is really a huge subject in Scripture. So we've seen some of the Old Testament words, some of the New Testament words, that they mean to be sorry, but they mean so much more than that. They mean to actually to turn around 180 degrees. Make a U-turn in your life in the direction that you're going, and also to change your mind, to change your way of thinking. So it's not just actions, but it's it's thinking. And we've seen how important it is because it was the, it was a key message of John the Baptist. It was a key message of Jesus Christ, and he passed that on as the key message that the apostles would deliver to the Jews and to the the Gentiles. And so we have this, in essence, the very first thing we need to do is repent. We need to to test our ways, examine our ways. We need to jettison pride out of our lives. We have to be humble to be able to do that. And we have to be studying the word of God so that we're not ignorant of of the sins or the transgressions that might be hidden there. And some of those things we've talked about, example, sexual immorality or greed and covetousness, and all of these these acts that we've seen that that lead to death. So, in conclusion, Brian, I I think we've we've covered a lot, but there's so many other verses. I mean, is, can you, are there any other verses that you think we should we should bring up just here in conclusion?
0: Yeah, maybe I'll pick one from the Old Testament. And you pick one from the New Testament. Sure. So, I think Joel chapter two, verses twelve and thirteen is a good one for us to to end with in the conclusion. God speaking through his prophet Joel. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. So if we come to God, with a spirit of humility, Mm. changing and rending our hearts, then he is gracious and merciful, and he will respond to that. And he will change his mind over the destruction that might come upon us.
1: Right. That's a great verse, because like verse 12, he says, return to me with all your heart. So there's that return again, the repentance, but he's saying with all your heart. And he says, rend your hearts and not your garments. So we can't do this by... Pretense or hypocrisy, we have to be true to this change. It's just not actions, but we have to find it in our heart to change. And it's really through the mercy of God that we we have this avenue. So I, I would pick as my concluding verse here, Romans chapter two, verse four. Where Paul says to the Romans, Do you presume on the riches of his that's God's kindness and forbearance and patience? Not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance but because of your hard and impenitent heart you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed so we get back to this important part i mean it's about life and death mm-hmm. and if we have a hard and impenitent heart it's kind of the opposite of joel right when joel said
0: rend your heart rend your heart you can't do that if it's hard and impenitent
1: yeah exact <laughs> good point and uh, so it's all, again, it's about the heart and knowing that this is the mercy of God. He's opened this door for us, right, through his grace. And he says, "I just walk right through. But if we refuse to do that, if we refuse to come to God, he won't come to us. It's a meeting of the ways here. So, and God has opened up that way that we might repent and come to him. The powerful message that this is, it really is an essential Bible study, and I would encourage everybody out there to delve deeper into the this word repentance, and from the scriptures, really make it your own personal study. Make it your own. Thanks, Brian, for being here. I've really enjoyed the talk. Thanks for having me, Tim. And uh, we'll uh, see you around. We hope to see you around, too. Don't be a stranger drop us a line by filling out our contact form at www.essentialbiblestudies.org. If you're into watching videos on Bible subjects, I'd like to suggest Christadelphian TV. It's a YouTube channel with shows like This Is Your Bible, Horizons, and Great News for the World. There are all sorts of shows spanning over 40 years of broadcasting. Just go to youtube.com slash Christadelphian TV. This is a Christadelphian podcast supported by the book Road Ecclesia in beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until we meet again, dear friends, I pray to God that you may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.